And now would you, while you remain standing, turn with me to Hebrews chapter 13. Hebrews chapter 13. We're going to be focusing on verses 17 through 19. But I want to begin reading at verse 7. So Hebrews 13, beginning reading at verse 7. This is the word of God. Remember your leaders, those who spoke to you the word of God. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. Do not be led away by diverse and strange teachings, for it is good for the heart to be strengthened by grace, not by foods which have not benefited those devoted to them. We have an altar from which those who serve the tent have no right to eat. For the bodies of those animals whose blood is brought into the holy places by the high priest as a sacrifice for sin are burned outside the camp. So Jesus also suffered outside the gate in order to sanctify the people through his own blood. Therefore, let us go to him outside the camp and bear the reproach he endured. For here we have no lasting city, but we seek the city that is to come. Through him, then, let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God, that is, the fruit of lips that acknowledge his name. Do not neglect to do good and to share what you have, for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. And now our text. Obey your leaders. And submit to them, for they are keeping watch over your souls as those who will have to give an account. Let them do this with joy and not with groaning, for that would be of no advantage to you. Pray for us, for we are sure that we have a clear conscience, desiring to act honorably in all things. I urge you the more earnestly to do this in order that I may be restored to you the sooner. So far, our reading in God's word. Let's ask God's blessing on it. Father, we thank you for the book of Hebrews. We thank you, Lord, for this particular passage that we are uh, looking at and considering this morning. And Lord, we thank you that uh, you bless your church with uh, leadership and uh, and that you have blessed Coram Deo with leadership. We pray, O Lord, your blessing on us now as we... uh, Uh, open this scripture passage uh, as we unpack it, and uh, Lord, we pray that it would penetrate our hearts and souls and bear fruit to your glory, and that Christ, and Christ alone, would be exalted. For we pray this in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Well, as you see in your Bibles, if you were... uh, Uh, following along, and uh, I don't know if your iPhones or pads uh, show this, but we are very close to the end of Hebrews, of the book of Hebrews. Uh, In fact, I plan to preach one more uh, message, uh, finishing up Hebrews 13 after today. So we're almost to the end of Hebrews. In chapter 13, and and parts of chapter 12, but chapter 13 describes the life of faith. Hebrews, the whole purpose of Hebrews is to encourage uh, the uh, debilitated Christians to keep the faith. 
to persevere. And we, as the writer comes to the end, he's kind of laying out, this is what that looks like in real life. And so uh, we are to show brotherly love to one another, the first part of chapter 13, and show hospitality. We're to care for the down and outers, those who are in prison and those who are hurting in any way. We're, we're to have a, a sympathy and a care uh, for them. Uh, we're to honor marriage. We are to be content with what the Lord has given us and not love, have a love for money. Our life's focus should be Christ. All of this, the writer's pointing out. And here he comes back to a point, verse 17, obey your leaders and submit to them. And he's specifically speaking about leaders in the church. The reason we know that is because they keep watch over your souls. So we're not talking about, in this particular passage, he's not talking about the president or kings and that so much. He's talking about those leaders that are in your church. And he's brought that up already in verse 7. In fact, it's mentioned three times in this chapter. Verse 7, verse 17 that we're looking at today. And then again in verse 24, greet all your leaders and all the saints. Uh, so this is clearly on the mind of the, uh, the writer or author of Hebrews. This person might not see uh, these Hebrew Christians again. But the church leaders are still going to be there. And so in his final instructions, he's telling the church, he's teaching the church how to deal with that. There's still going to be those teachers among them. There's still going to be the leadership who will serve as examples to the flock. And this uh, passage uh, makes very clear to us that it is altogether right and appropriate that there are church leaders. It's right and biblical to have church leaders. Now, I'm not sure that that's been an issue of uh, question or uh, concern among us. Uh, I think we, in our uh, form of church government and our understanding of God's word, recognize clearly that that is the case. And when I'm talking about church leaders, uh, particularly I'm talking about elders and pastors in the church. But there have been some bodies who have uh, uh, foregone having specific church leaders and office bearers and such. But the God's word, I think, he makes very clear that such is necessary. But there is nonetheless that American mindset that is present, an individualism, in which we really don't like these words. Obey. Submit, <laughs> that goes against our kind of American individualism. But the New Testament is quite clear in its teaching that the local church should have leaders. 
But God's word in the New Testament is not only clear, I think, on that matter, speaking about church leadership, but in a number of cases, it speaks to church leaders and warns the church leaders because there's always the danger with leadership, isn't there? There's a danger of corrupting, power grabbing. Pushing to get my way, abusing the responsibilities that are given to us. God's word speaks of it, lording it over, you know, lording it over, having an, an, and taking authority and overusing it and, and abusing it. And there is that danger. But our passage here, I believe, and, and the other passages that speak to these kind of things, views such so-called leadership as an aberration. And that is not the leadership that uh, uh, should in any way be the norm. And my prayer is that you, as members of Coram Deo, recognize your leadership and see that they are not lording it over us. That's, that's not what we want to do. We don't want to abuse any power, any authority that we might have as church leaders in any way. Uh, I always want to make the point to my fellow elders and office bearers that we are servant leaders. We're servant leaders. That's who we are. And last time when we were looking at this, in particular verse 7 and, and this further passage, we're, we're told here to imitate the faith of those leaders who had taught you the word of God. Imitate their faith. Remember, it doesn't say, it says note their, their, their way of life and imitate their faith. It doesn't say imitate their way of life. We can't always do that, of course, but we can imitate their faith. And the, the, the idea is that these were those who, like in Hebrews chapter 11, they fought the good fight. And they kept the faith. They didn't, they didn't uh, uh, drop out. They didn't bail from the race, but they kept the faith. And the writer is saying, so not only are we talking about Enoch and Noah and Moses and Abraham and Sarah and all of these Old Testament saints. But he's saying, remember those who were in your own church and who were teaching you and who were leading you and imitate their faith because they kept the faith. Those who taught the word of God to you. These were men who knew God's word, who lived it out, who trusted in its promises thus having a profound effect on how they lived and also on the congregation. As we look at this passage in Hebrews 13, I just want to bring out these three things. What is the goal of biblical church leaders? And... 
bring out what does it mean to watch as we have in this passage, verse 17, are, they are keeping watch. What does that mean? What does that look like? And then finally, what is the honor that is due to biblical church leaders? So what is the goal of biblical church leadership? We have here, obey your leaders, submit to them, for they are keeping watch over your souls as those who will have to give an account. Let them do this with joy and not with groaning, for that would be of no advantage to you. Notice two phrases in this verse. That would be of no advantage to you. That's one phrase. And two, they are keeping watch over your souls. Now, literally what that means is they are keeping watch on behalf of your souls. They're keeping watch on behalf of your souls. But I think the point is the same. The goal of biblical church leadership is the advantage, the profit, or the good of the people, and especially the good of the congregation's souls. That's the goal. That would be of no advantage to you. They are keeping watch over your souls. When you see these these together, it gives us that understanding. And in light of the whole point of the book of Hebrews, the good here, the advantage here, the profit here that is, uh, I think, uh, being mentioned is the encouragement and the persevering in our faith to the end. In Hebrews 10, verse 39, we read, We are not of those who shrink back to destruction, but of those who have faith to the preserving of the souls. It's a great sort of central verse of Hebrews. And this, is, this is who we are. This is what this is about. Not shrinking back. Not turning back to Judaism. Not leaving the faith, but who persevere in the faith. The whole book of Hebrews is about perseverance or preservation. Not to shrink back, but to persevere in faith. And the job of elders, the job of pastors, these biblical church leaders, is to help you persevere in the faith. And be saved. Our final salvation ultimately comes to us through persevering faith. It's not just a one-time decision, although it is true that when we are saved, we are saved. And thus, but we know that we yet live lots of life on this earth, and God calls us to persevere. And all of that is part and parcel of the salvation Uh, that we have in Christ Jesus. We're called upon to persevere. It's an ongoing work of God day by day, week by week, month by month, year by year, to preserve us safe in Jesus. That is the Christian life. 
And God uses means to preserve and to help us. And it happens through the teaching and admonishing. Yes, admonishing sometimes. And correcting and rebuking sometimes. And by the modeling of faithful leaders in the church. So the ultimate goal of biblical church leaders is to bring us all, little infant girls and little infant boys, and to raise them up and, and to help young boys and young girls and older boys and older girls and men and women and the elderly, all of them to keep the faith and to be growing and to be nurturing in the faith and to be preserving in the faith. That's ultimately the goal of what we're doing. And then the writer says, they are keeping watch over or on behalf of your souls. They watch on behalf of your souls. What is this watchfulness of the church leaders? Well, one of the things that the church leaders are to watch over for the sake of your souls is the Word of God. And there, I, but also the elders, have a very uh, important responsibility that whatever messages we're giving, whether it's in the, the preaching of God's Word or in our Sunday school classes, or in, in our uh, Wednesday night Bible studies, whatever teaching aspect of, of ministry is happening in Coram Deo, our responsibility is to ensure that the Word of God is going out. Not just some good ideas that Derek has, but that the word is being preached, the word is being taught. In verse 7, they were those who spoke the word of God to you. And so we, in our leadership as church leaders, we lead by God's word, not by our own words. Church leaders are not authority in and of themselves. They are men under authority. The Word of God is the authority. Christ is our authority. But it is precisely because we are, we are men under that authority that you then are called upon to obey and to submit. We are to ensure that the truth of God's word is preached, that the truth of God's word is being taught, and that the congregation is hearing it, hearing the word of God, and does not drift away from it. That's what we are to ensure. We are to ensure that the word of God is proclaimed so that you keep the faith that you keep the faith. 
So this, the, the, the leaders of the church are responsible to watch over the word. But if I may say that, bring it even a little bit more crystallized, they are to watch Christ. Or their watchfulness means they're to keep an eye out. Is Christ proclaimed in this place? Is Christ being taught in this place? I think I've brought up a number of times, um, you know, I've, I've appreciated very much uh, the White Horse Inn and, you know, Michael Horton, uh, uh, he and I went to seminary together. I know him personally as a, as a friend. Uh, but one of, the, I think, his most profound books is called Christless Christianity, uh, where, uh, you know, Mike has a gift, Mike Horton has a gift of, I think, uh, seeing what's happening in the culture and in the church and, and being able to evaluate, you know, and to be able to pick out, okay, this is what's going on. And, and this is one of the things he pointed out is that there is in so many churches a Christless Christianity. There's a going through the motions and there's singing and, and whatever else, but there's no Christ in it. There's no proclamation of the gospel and of what Christ has accomplished. And there's no cross being proclaimed. And, and, and the elders of the church and myself as a pastor, part of our watchfulness is to make sure that Christ is being placarded, that Christ is being trumpeted from whatever ministry we're engaged in. This is about Christ. If we're going to be a true church of Jesus Christ, then we're going to follow in Paul's footsteps and say that we glory in nothing save the cross of Christ and that we come to you knowing nothing but Christ and him crucified. That's the heart of it. And as those who watch on behalf of your souls, that's our responsibility to ensure that Christ is being preached to you, that Christ is being taught in this place. Hebrews 12, verse 2. Looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. If that isn't our central message, if that isn't the focus of Corumdale Reformation Church, let's close the doors. Let's stop. Because we have no reason to be here. And the responsibility of church leaders is to see to it that Christ is proclaimed. If we're going to be watching the word of God, the central reason for that word is Jesus Christ. So we better make sure Christ is preached. Christ is proclaimed. And so we, church leaders, we watch the word. We watch Christ. But church leaders also watch themselves. Or we watch ourselves. Verse 7 did say, consider the outcome of their way of life. In other words, uh, 
congregation, you uh, are to look at us. How do they live? What's their conduct? And to imitate their faith. This means leaders have a greater accountability to God for our behavior. In Acts chapter 20, when Paul is meeting with the uh, Ephesian elders, uh, it's probably the last time he's going to be seeing, seeing them. And so he draws them together. He had spent years in Ephesus, and he, had, he knew these men. He knew their leadership. Now he's on his way to Rome. He gathers them around him, and he says to them in Acts 20, 28, pay careful attention to yourselves and to all the flock. Watch over yourselves and the flock. So part of that watching that's the responsibility of church leaders is watching ourselves. How are we living? Are we being consistent in our profession and in our faith? And are we humble enough to say, Lord, forgive me. I've, I've messed up again. I failed again. In 1 Timothy 4, verse 16, Paul says to Timothy, pay close attention to yourself and to your teaching. Pay close attention. And so we watch the word. We watch Christ on behalf of the congregation, on behalf of the flock. We watch ourselves and we watch the flock. We watch the congregation. In Hebrews 10, 25, it says, Let us consider one another for stirring up to love and good deeds. We're to watch out for one another. Now, that's true of all of us. That's true of just being brothers and sisters in Christ, isn't it? We all have that responsibility. And if we see a brother or sister stumbling, we, as those who love him or her should come up and come alongside them and help them. And that's, that's the responsibility of all of us, certainly. But this is expressly the leader's role, to watch on behalf of your souls, particularly your life and your doctrine, particularly your life, that is what, how you're living, but also what it is that you're professing that you are professing the true faith and that we are aiding and helping you in growing in that true faith. Well, when that is happening, when, that is, when the, the, the church leaders are doing their, their work or fulfilling their responsibilities, we have here, obey your leaders and submit to them, for they are keeping watch over on behalf of your souls as those who will give an account. Obedience and submission. I said at the beginning these are unpopular words. They are unpopular words today because of our American evangelicalism, or individualism. Well, probably both. Uh, because of our American individualism, it's uh, very unpopular, these uh, words of obedience and submission. But also because... Many, I think, of us have been under abusive leaders. 
And uh, that's a reality. Some of us have had abusive fathers, you know, who've taken advantage of their position of authority in the home and in in the family and uh, abused that. And and there's a bit of an antipathy toward any kind of direction for us to obey and submit. But, you know, biblical submission, and we're called upon in many places to submit, aren't we? Um, Not just here, but biblical submission... uh, is also and always as unto the Lord. In Ephesians, wives, wives submit to your husbands as unto the Lord. I think that's important. That's an important qualification. It doesn't say submit to your husband in everything. Whatever they say, whatever they, they require, that, that you submit to. That's not what it says. It says as unto the Lord. That there's a, there's a certain way in which our submission is uh, to show itself as unto the Lord. It's not a blind submission. But it is submission nonetheless. And if that's unpopular in the church, when that is not the case, and there is a rebelliousness and a lack of obedience... Well, that causes groaning among the leadership. There's no joy. And that would not be advantageous to you. Obedience and submission is as unto the Lord, but it it is your calling and my calling as a member of the Church of Jesus Christ. We give honor in our obedience and submission. We also give honor to our leadership by our prayers. Paul says in verse 18, pray for us. Or the the writer says this, pray for us. We are sure that we have a clear conscience, but pray for us. Pray for your leaders. We're weak. Uh, we're not omniscient. <laughs> we don't. We don't know everything. You know, we uh, we're not omnipotent. We can't solve every problem. We're not all powerful or any, anything like that. We're 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 weak, and we we seek wisdom and try to make decisions based on the wisdom that we have and the knowledge that we have. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels. Paul says that's just the that's what we are. We. We have this great, glorious gospel message that we present to you and that we seek to build you up, but it's in earthen vessels. Weak clay pots. I always or often wonder, you know, why did God not send his angels to be his preachers and church leaders? <laughs> you know, it uh, seems like that would be far more effective than than people like me. Uh, But God in his wisdom chose weak men. Uh, Maybe so that he would get the glory. I'm sure that is the case. Why should we give honor? Well, it's because of their work. They're watching over you. 
For any of you who have served as uh, office bearers in the church, it's not fun. It's not like this is a, you know, a great time we're having, you know, serving as office bearers of the church. It's, a, it's often it's very difficult, and it's uh, often hard work, and often results in sleepless nights. The reason is because we love the church. And we feel that our master has given us this calling to serve. And that's why you're called to honor your leaders in the church. And because they must give an account. I mean, it's a... a, it's a weighty thing. <laughs> it's a weighty thing for them. Christ gave op- office bearers to the church. We are under shepherds of the great shepherd. We are under shepherds. We're, we're accountable to the shepherd. Uh, that's weighty. It's weighty. But this is God's will. And then we conclude this way. This is God's will. Elders and pastors were fallible, and we certainly should not be lording it over the flock. That is not what we're called to do. We're not called to be abusive in our leadership in any way. But we are called to watch over and to give leadership. And the congregation should follow and honor that good leadership. So congregation, pray for us and pray for this and pray for yourselves too. Pray for us who are leaders. Pray for yourselves, for the good of our congregation, for the the strength and the health of our congregation, for the glory of Christ's name, whose we are and for why we exist, and also for our witness in Denver and Colorado pray for this. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word, and uh, Lord, we thank you for giving passages such as this that give us instruction on on church life and how we are to live out the faith uh, that we cherish and to which we hold. Lord, may the leaders of Coram Deo Reformation Church, be faithful to our calling and be humble servants as we watch on behalf of the flock. And we pray, O Lord, that the congregation would have due regard for their leaders to obey and submit and that in all this Christ may be glorified and have the preeminence. For we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.